Hey guys, it's Paul here. I just wanted to record a quick introduction because I thought it would require a little bit of an explanation as to why you are getting this Squadcast episode, which is usually reserved only for our Patreon and Apple supporters. Well, there are a couple of reasons. First of all, we realized that it would be fun to give everyone a chance to hear what our squad casts sound like. Uh, you can consider it sort of like a free demo for one of the perks for our supporters. And then number two, and probably more importantly, we are actually going to be rolling out a lot of major changes to the podcast, which are going to start to take effect at the end of August. A lot of what we are going to do is still not quite finalized, uh, so you won't hear us get into a whole lot of details, but we did want to give a little bit of a teaser about what's going to be changing. So don't be shocked here in the next you know, month or two. You might start noticing some changes. We might be rolling out a new logo, some new episode formats we've not yet done. We're even going to be tinkering a little bit with how our deep dives work moving forward. Uh, possibly you might even see a new name, you know, never know. But the show is still going to largely feel the same for what you currently hear. It's just a little bit of a rebrand more than anything. Hopefully a chance to draw in some new listeners. I um, think that's about it. So if you decide that you love this Squadcast and you want to hear these twice a month moving forward, you can always check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com. And let's go ahead and get this one started. Hope you all enjoy the show. Hello, fellow squadmates, and welcome to this edition of the Squadcast. We do want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate your guys' generosity. We are literally only able to keep doing what we're doing because of you all. I am your host, Paul, and joining me as always, coming up first, we have Josh. Oh, Paul, you failed to mention that this is Squadcast number 30. Number 30? <laughs> <laughs> wow. We've been doing this for 15 months. I was going to say, that's the key right there. I was going to say, nobody thinks 30 is a special number. That means we have been doing the Squadcast for 15 months, dude. That that time goes by so fast. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have just asked, like, how many months do you think you've been doing Squadcast? I would have said five or six. Yeah, I would have said like seven or eight. But yeah, yeah. 15 months into the Squadcast. <laughs> that's crazy. And joining Josh and me, we have Ryan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, can we run this along? I got some uh, fishing to do, and I got to run a sushi restaurant tonight. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> oh, boy. I wonder if we'll uh, end up talking about that more here later today. Looking at some of the questions, I, I think Dave the Diver might might be coming up, but we'll see. So to start out the Squadcast episode, we kind of wanted just to share not a, not a full-fledged announcement, a little bit of a teaser, because we have mentioned before that we might have some changes in the works here at the show. We've also teased it a little bit in our Legendary channel on Discord, so uh, former or current Legendary supporters got a little bit of a heads up as well. But we wanted to just give you guys a little bit of a taste of some changes that are coming up. What, what do you guys want to mention? What should we talk about? Just call us the Wizard of Oz, man, because we're going to give you a peek behind the curtain. There you go. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, I'll start off with saying that we're definitely trying to tease some stuff here. So forgive the vagueness, but we, you know, we're always striving to make the podcast better. Um, we always like to shake things up just a little bit. You know, we always want the show to be, you know, what you know and love, but at the same time, we don't ever want it to grow stagnant and stale at the same time. So we have some big changes coming up um that will affect 
the show um, in positive ways, uh, we all think. Um, and we think that you as the listeners will really like the changes as well. Um, but it might be things like new show types, um, maybe some new visuals uh, in some way. I'll leave that as a dangling carrot there. They're going to be like, who's it coming to YouTube? Maybe? I don't know. What's that mean? Well, we're not telling you. So. <laughs> Sit and wonder. Yeah, shaking up a little bit of how we do the current deep dive system. I think that's one thing that we are really looking forward to because I think it'll be good for the listeners. It'll also be really good for us as gamers because we have always been in this odd situation where a game releases, but we don't have early access to those games. And so all three of us kind of drop everything and scramble and try to play as much of a game as we can within two weeks. And that's not always the best way to play games no. either. So I know like since Ryan joined, he said one of the first things he realized is that since there's a little bit of a running clock that he's like playing games differently, you're not spending as much time just experiencing the world and you're kind of more like destination focused. And I don't think that's the best way to play games or to talk about games. So I think in how we shake things up, it's going to lead to better content. I think it'll be better for us as gamers. And I think it'll allow us to enjoy games more. So I think it'll be really interesting once we have some of these announcements. Uh, we are recording episodes on Final Fantasy 16 and then Deep Rock Galactic. Those will still be under the current format. And then after that, that's when we're going to be going through some of these shifts and we'll share a lot more details later. But I think it's really exciting. I'm, I, I know I'm personally super pumped for this. Um, you know, it's always a little scary to make like, you know, big changes in that regard. Cause you know, we've all talked about it. We've said, well, you know, what do we think the listeners are going to think? Like the show, the quality of the show, the subject matter of the show is always priority number one for us. And so that's the first thing like we talked about was like, how is this going to be for the listeners? And I'll be honest, I think it's going to be even better than the current format. Personally, I think that some of the way, some of the changes that we're making is going to allow for a lot more like, just fun with listening. Um, you know, how we're going to, like you said, Paul, do the deep dives, I think is going to shake things up to where it's like, uh, it makes it much more interesting and a little bit more like participatory for mm -hmm. people that are listening in, in that regard. Um, and then, you know, you hit the nail on the head though, man. Like we grind video games every two weeks. <laughs> we oh, are yeah. playing a new game. And I love that you brought up what Ryan said. And it's funny because this is the beauty of like having like a new host, right? Is you get this new perspective. And I never really thought about it until Ryan brought it up. But he was like, I'm playing games to beat them at this point. Like I'm playing a game for the end of the game to happen so that I know I've done my job. Right. And that's not the best way to play a game. No. You yeah. know, and, and, and it's like, you know, we want to play these games and say, like, what do I enjoy about the game? Like, if, even if I don't beat it, that's okay. But like, what stands out? What's the fun? Like, where's this? And it was just so weird to hear Ryan say that and then go like, dude, I have been playing games to beat games for the last two years now. You know, we all play games on the side, but it's funny because it's like, you know, we're playing Dave the Diver right now. Ryan and I are. And Paul Paul mentioned, he's like, I'd love to play it. I just don't have time at this point. And it's kind of like, we need to fix that a little bit. And that's good, not only for us, but for the podcast and the listeners as well. So I think we found a way to really do all of that. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, these these masterminds behind the scene have been working hard on all that. And yeah, I think you guys are, you know, as the fans are really going to love what's coming up. Um, definitely, like you said, going to shake it up. But it's just going to give us 
more time to really give you guys the best content, give you good uh, uh, understanding of what we're doing and how we're playing these games. And yeah, I was I was super surprised when I started, and you know I'm having a blast, and I absolutely love doing this. But it, I did I started playing games to beat them instead of being just involved and just diving into it and 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 letting that world surround me like I've always done my whole life. So uh, I'm excited, just as you guys are. So it, it's it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the best way to talk about a game is when you just get to live in it over a period of time. It's kind of like, I don't know, if you're going to watch, I don't know, some movie series like whatever, whatever, Marvel, Star Wars. I know some people love doing marathon sessions, but there's a totally different experience if you keep drinking Mountain Dew and taking vitamin B12 shots to stay up and watch 12 hours of movies back to back to back to back to back, as opposed to just watching one every every week and then talking about it with your friends and taking time. It's a completely different experience. Uh, so I think it's really exciting. Plus Ryan and I are going to have to spend some time watching Phoenix suns games starting here oh, in a couple yeah. months. Oh, Ryan's boy. repping us right now with the sun's hat. <laughs> we might have to start a, a side uh, Phoenix suns podcast, Ryan. <laughs> there we go. We're so excited for the upcoming season. This is the year. Uh, I sure hope so. <laughs> I hate oh, now I, now I sound like a Cowboys fan. This is oh. the year. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and hit our first gaming question here. What bad game have you played in the last year or so that you would like to see remade into a much better version of itself? Now, I Ooh. love this question yeah. because good games get remade all the time. But we've yep. already played them, and we've experienced it. So as much as I love playing through Resident Evil 4 Remake, that's great. But you know what I'm always more interested in? Remaking bad games that had good good ideas and make them right. So I love questions like this. What what game would you guys make a better version of? I This one's going to catch you guys off guard. Um, but it's it's one of the worst games that I've ever played. But <laughs> there was something there. Right. And and I know this sounds crazy because people are going to be always going to pick an old game. I'm going to say Forspoken. Okay. Like, I, and, and I know the people are like, wait a minute, what? And it's like, dude, I hated Forspoken, you know, but there were some good ideas with that game. I liked mm-hmm. the world. I liked the magic abilities. I liked, you know, a lot of what the, like the bones behind the game were, but man, did they just mess this up. And it's funny because Atlas Fallen is coming out very, very soon. I don't remember what the release date on Atlas Fallen is, but it's almost like, is Atlas Fallen what Forspoken should have been? Because that's a AAA title in all aspects, but I hated it, man. I hated it for so many reasons. So it's like, for me, this is a very bad game that I would like to see done in a really good way because there were glimpses, very briefly, of greatness, but then they faded away and kicked me right between the legs. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Forspoken was the first thing that came to mind for me as well. And I even said during that deep dive, I said, I think like the 30 second elevator pitch of this game is fantastic. I love a lot of the background lore in the game. The whole idea that there were these four female tantas who were charged with protecting all the people, but how they all became corrupted and turned into the villains. And now you're showing up and you're kind of like the chosen one who's going to protect the people. And you're going to systematically eliminate these Tantas 
and release like the people of this curse. I thought that was such a cool idea. And the visuals were fantastic. I loved the combat system where you very quickly switch between the different colors of magic. I liked the open world aspect of it, even though it was a little bit, you know, underfilled. Yeah. Yeah. It was too much. The parkour, the movement was great. Yeah. The parkour was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was a little glitchy at times, but I thought all that stuff was so good. But literally every, every other aspect of that game was a huge swing and a miss. Like, the primary character, uh, what's her name? Freya. Freya. Yeah. Or was just Frey, Frey, Freya. Something Frey, like that. Freya. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it was. Such an annoying character that you couldn't really relate to. Completely unsympathetic. Even though she's like an orphan getting robbed on the street, like you still just don't even really care for her. Uh, the dialogue was really bad. The freezing you in place during every line of dialogue. Uh, so you're bringing, Paul, you're, you're, you're triggering my PTSD, man. But that's <laughs> all fixable. That's the funny thing. You can fix those things. They just chose to make a poor game. And I'll never really understand that. But I think Forspoken is a great example where it had a lot of promise and the trailers looked great, but the actual product we got was just so bad. Uh, what about you, Ryan? What, Wait, what game so would you So was that actually to? your pick? Yeah, that's literally what I wrote down. Did you and I, I pick the same thing? Oh my yeah. goodness, man. We've been doing this a long time, Paul. It's got Talk good about bones. on the same wavelength. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What game are you going to remake? Um, so for me, this is actually, uh, maybe it's just kind of of recent memory and something that we, we just took care of, but I'm going to go with Ark. Uh, I, I, you know, and like I said, maybe well, it is being we, remade. Yeah. <laughs> well, hope, that is true. Actually, Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they do it right. Cause, cause I wanted to love this game with the, with, and maybe I was just, you know, uh, uh, cause you know, I, I love when I get to play with you guys online and we're just in chat, voice chat and we're doing stuff and that's, that's when I have the best memories and I have the most fun. So, um, maybe I'm influenced a little by that, but the game itself, not being able to get into servers, the, the lack of tutorial, even just a basic one. Hey, this is kind of how you just get started. Um, just the issues of, of the control where the dinosaurs were, we just get just destroyed all the time and, and they're camping your bodies and, I wanted to love this so bad and I wanted to to really dive into it and spend a lot of time. I know it's a huge game. It took like half of my two byte, terabyte hard drive <laughs> to, to install. But <laughs> yeah. uh but uh, like you guys said the the bones the bones are there for an awesome game. It just needs, you know, just sharpened up, tuned up and and if they can do this, you know, in the next arc when they come out with it and they can fix those issues Get it dialed in to where you don't have a lot of, you know, server issues logging in or, or booting or, or, you know, whatever this, the problems were. I, I, I would for sure be down to try it and I'm, you know, I'm excited. So I, hopefully the new one's good, but that, that was mine. It may just be recency bias, but, but that's the first thing that came to mind when, when I saw the question. It, it makes sense to me because I am very, now that we have played Ark, I am actually, and I, this is something I could have cared less about two weeks ago, but I'm actually now very curious to see where Ark 2 goes. Same. I get there's yep. a lot of outrage with it. No, they're charging us for a game that, you know, they're, they're sunsetting Ark and now I have to buy the new one. All, but I, like, this is now a game that I will absolutely, at least look into the news and the videos and like at least follow along with to see what arc two has to offer. Because I agree with you. I think there was some things there that really, really landed, but there was a lot of it that just missed as well. Yeah. I guess my fear is it'll be closer 
to a remaster, maybe optimize some stuff. I don't know how much they're going to actually overhaul, but if they could overhaul the inventory system in particular, oh yeah, that would give this game a lot more like playability and be a lot less frustrating. On on a side note, I kind of got sucked into a bunch of videos of Snoop Dogg playing Ark this week. (laughs) So the video you shared was so good, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've seen Snoop play. Like I've seen a lot of clips on YouTube. I never actually check him out when he's streaming or anything. But when I was looking up sound effects for pooping in Ark, like one of the very first hits is Snoop Dogg can't stop pooping in Ark and (laughs) and rage quits or something like that. So I don't know if he installed a mod or just changed something in the console. But then I ended up like watching other videos where his base gets raided and he just starts screaming and like, you know, <laughs> runs out of the room. It's great. Go, go check out Snoop Dogg videos playing <laughs> Ark. It's, it's hysterical. Oh, that's awesome. That, that will, uh, that'll get me to play Ark too. Right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and as you might guess, everything Snoop Dogg has is like decorated with a certain theme and it's, it's very much on brand. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> hysterical. And the names of all his dino- dinosaurs are very on brand. <laughs> all right so moving on to a little bit of gaming news so this week as a, a little bit of a head notice on thursday instead of having our regular this week in gaming episode there is pretty much no news of the week so this is literally like our number one news story and we realized we're not going to be able to do only news so we're doing something different on thursday but the biggest news story of this week is that cyberpunk 2077 has crawled its way up on steam it now has a user rating of very positive which i think is great to see i know josh and i are huge fans of cyberpunk i know ryan had some uh, frustrations at release But we have seen situations like this a couple of times, probably most notably with No Man's Sky, where a game releases and it's either terribly buggy or it's very underwhelming compared to what the gaming community thought they were getting. And we have seen now with Hello Games and also with CD Projekt Red that they are willing to keep putting out new patches, new content, trying to fix the game over time to get it to where, in all fairness, it should have been at release and it wasn't. But at least they didn't leave these games to die and take the quick buck and then move on. Um, I think that's kind of easier for CD Projekt Red because Cyberpunk is a new IP that they're going to want multiple expansions and entries. They kind of had to fix this because they poured so much money into it. But when a developer does fix a game, do you guys then forgive them and let bygones be bygones? Or do you still hold it against the dev? No. (laughs) <laughs> no mercy no Ryan's like, mercy forgive you this is like the gladiator thumb down yeah. that's i'm gonna give two <laughs> thumbs down i'm i'm just they they're not stupid they know what they're doing they know if these games are playable or if they're gonna have issues and if they don't then they need to figure out how to how to learn that ahead of time for these releases i'm so sick of developers releasing games that need like a 10 gig p- patch on day one because yeah. oh we got to do this oh we got you know it's it's just it, okay we're running into these issues now the, you know if you have server stuff I still think I'm I'm still big on that over buy servers if okay after the first week oh we don't need that much dial it back you know but it's it's just it's so much the bottom line you know black black and white what what is our numbers at how are we gonna make the most money I get it you're a business and and you you need to get that especially for your investors and whatnot but release a game that's done you know remember those days really they released a game that's done. And if there was any patches, it was just like cool enhancements or 
upgrades to the game. It wasn't it wasn't just to fix all the crap you've been dealing with for the last three weeks or a month. You know, after you got so excited, all the build up, all the hype, you even pre ordered it. You gave your them your your money early, and then they come with that garbage. I don't know. That's a hot button issue for me, and I, I'm just because I had both of those. I had No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk, and both I was so let down with, and when I was so excited uh, initially. So the thing that I think has really fed into this is digital downloads of games. Because prior to the internet, when you had to buy a disc, that disc had to be the final version. And so they would finalize these games, put them on disc. And if those games didn't perform well, they tanked and people wouldn't buy them. And there's famous versions like Superman 64 that word got around quickly. And so nobody bought it because it was a terribly you know, functioning game from a technical standpoint. (laughs) So the fact that now you have all these games in early access for years, I mean, how long was rust in early access? Like, Seven Isn't it years still in early access. No, Rust. I, Rust. I know it finally released, but <laughs> Rust did release yeah. like two years ago. But like, I, I think in the digital age where you have the convenience of being able to download a game right away or, or to preload, which is great. I think the cons probably outweigh the pros, where you get these unfinished products. At least in the case of No Man's Sky. That was more of an issue with gamer expectations. People were expecting things that Hello Games never said were in the game. And so part of that was more on the gamers than the dev team. But how many bad releases have we seen, especially on PC in the last year? It's just, it's unforgivable. There is not a single developer that I 100% trust. CD Projekt Red was probably the closest we still had to that because of of, uh, The Witcher. And they... They proved with Cyberpunk, you can't rely on them. You can't rely on Blizzard anymore. You can't rely on Bioware. No. no like, nope. Yeah, uh, Gearbox. Rockstar, EA. Maybe? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Rockstar is Rockstar's the closest, I think, at this point. Rockstar has yeah. the most trust from me. But even then, the definitive edition of GTA was so bad. Yeah, that was a money grab. Here's the weird thing for me on this is I am with Ryan, and and we did an episode on this. Where we said, what what are the worst trends in gaming? And releasing unfinished buggy games was on our top five list, you know? And, and it was just like, it's infuriating. And I think about that, and I'm just like, you know, like, man, to heck with you guys, man. Like, you, you've burned me so many times. This shouldn't be a thing. But then it's like, dude, cyberpunk is so good now. (laughs) And the world is seeing that, right? Like it's finally up to very positive. Like people are finally realizing like, you know what? This was one of the biggest disasters in gaming as a release, but ultimately they gave us a phenomenal video game, right? And so it's like, I'm trying to balance my love of cyberpunk and what they ultimately did with that game versus like, they hosed us on the launch and it's like, so I feel betrayed, but then at the same time, now I have a game that I will always remember playing because cyberpunk's fantastic, man. It doesn't excuse it. It does not make it right. I am, I am not condoning this practice at all. Right. But the question is, do you forgive them? And when it comes to no man's sky and cyberpunk, particularly, my answer is yes, and I hate that. Like, I legitimately hate that answer, but I love both of those games. They're phenomenal video games now. And so it's like, can you imagine if Cyberpunk released like this month in its current state, which is phenomenal? It would be world shattering 
like news, people would be go, they'd be losing their minds. I mean, all you'd be hearing about is cyberpunk and how good this game is. And so it's like, for what they released it, I don't know, two and a half years ago. I forget exactly when it came out, but it seems about two or three years ago to, to all this, like this detriment, but they made a ton of money. Like that's the big thing, right? They still made a gajillion dollars, even in its buggy broken release. So did that help the company because they made a ton of money and now they're using that money for other projects or did it hurt them? Because now people don't trust them as much. It's, it's tough, man. The question is, do you forgive them? I do. I don't want to, but I do because I have these fantastic video games that they gave me. So it is interesting to like track CD project reds stock because it's definitely way lower than it used to be. And that's because you have the lack well, of then trust. That's your answer, right? Like, In the yeah, long run, I think it absolutely hurt them. hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Take, take the extra six months. This game's not ready. All hands on deck. Let's make this thing pristine, perfect, and, and release, you know, cause it's, it's a great game. They knew it's a great game, but all the other stuff makes it, makes it bad and makes it people sours upset. the experience. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so spend the time, get it done. And then, like you said, it'll be earth shattering and it'll be off the, the start. You know, if you have a car company that's selling these cars that are a bunch of lemons and they're like, Oh, no, no, we, we fixed it now. You know, the next year's model, it's, it's fixed now. You're like, eh. I don't, I don't trust know. You. You know. I'm going to go gonna, somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, I'll go get I'll go get this car over here. So I don't know. And and I know we probably we look at it in a little more in depth than a lot of people. And I mean, most people they don't even know the developers that make the games. You know, so they're not aware. They just know what games are coming out and that looks cool or that doesn't look cool. But I, it's just yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a stickler on that. I don't. I still don't get why. I know why because it's it's I in my opinion it's about the money. But just take the time and release it right get it done right, you know, or, you know, or don't do it. So the one thing on this too, is we see the other side of things, right? Like I, I, we've given hello games credit for no man's sky. They've been working on this game for 10 years now, you know, and it's a great game. They've turned it into something that's truly, truly great. Cyberpunk. It's truly great now. It really is. And maybe part of my leniency with them is because they've put in the effort, but then you look at battlefield 2042 Oh. Right. And now before the listener out there is going, but they fixed Battlefield. No, they haven't. They've made it passable at best at this point. It is Battlefield 2042 is not a good game. So I'm sorry if you're that guy that loves it now and go, Look, they fixed it. No, but that's the other side of the coin where it's like they have put in the least amount of work imaginable so that people will at least maybe forget Right. Like, I know there's people out there that said, Hey, have you played Battlefield 2042 lately? It's better than it was. That's not saying much. You know, it's, it was a turd when it released. It's a smaller turd now. Like, that, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't say that this game has been redeemed like Cyberpunk or No Man's Sky was. And they're just going to move on. Like, they, they're, they're hoping that people will forget at this point. They will never put the effort into Battlefield 2042 that CD Projekt Red and Hello Games put into No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk. It's not going to happen. They'll just release another one in another year and say, oh, this is the best Battlefield ever, guys. Sorry about the last one, but trust us, this one's great. And so it's like you look at those two sides of the scale and you kind of go, well, maybe I do. Uh, you know, all right, CD Projekt Red, like you're, you did fix it. Whereas EA, you kind of went, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All the problems are still there. Right. I, I think one of the major issues with why we get these unfinished games is because of these arbitrary release dates. You know, Starfield announces a release date. 
And then it gets pushed back. And it gets pushed back. And it gets pushed back. Cyberpunk got pushed back. It got pushed back. And then it was, you got to get it out in time for Christmas to help with the stock price. And they released this unfinished game and it ended up really backfiring on them, right? Stop announcing release dates five years in advance. Yeah. And we've seen more developers do this recently. Show us an announcement trailer. Feed us gameplay trailers. Build it all up over the course of like a month and say that the game is going to release two to three months after that. You got to wait until the game's almost finished and then start giving us stuff. And then you know you're going to get a good final product. I love the fact that GTA 6 has kept everything under wraps. There's no name. There is no release date. There's no release year. They even went bananas about the leaked footage, which honestly looked pretty darn good. It's yeah. better than half the stuff we see in games like Forspoken. You know, GTA 6 could probably come out today, whatever state it looks like, and it's probably better than Forspoken. But they're just waiting and taking their time because when you have a moneymaker franchise like GTA, as long as you don't make it a colossal failure, it's going to be a huge success. And I, I, I really hope that more developers will stop having this internal pressure with a release date. I know that there might be issues with like funding and payroll and, and overhead, and I get that. But if you can take the time and release a final product in the long run, it's better business for everybody, and it's a better experience for gamers and maybe we can start building some trust with more developers. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, next gaming question here. This is one that we've been kind of kicking around a while, but it's been delayed a couple shows where we didn't get around to it. Now that we've been doing a little bit of the PS5 shuffle, you know, playing Final Fantasy 16, Josh has kind of been curious. Should Spider-Man 2 be on our radar as a possible deep dive? And would Josh need to play the first one in order to enjoy the second? That's my big question there. Ryan has famously been harassing me because he's <laughs> like, Josh, play Spider-Man. It's on my PS5. Just load in. You're not going to mess up anybody's saves. It's my son's saves. Just swing around the city. And I keep going like, yeah, 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 I will. And it's like, I, honestly, I, 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 I probably won't. You know what I mean? Not because I don't want to, but just it's just you know ten we're minutes. Busy with other Come stuff. on, just I know, me. Man, I, I, but it's like I want to, but then it's like I don't want to swing around for ten minutes and then go. This is great, and then I have time to play it. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I just I'd rather not do it at all and then be able to dive completely in. Um. You know, Spider-Man 2 comes out in the fall. I know there's so many people that are hyped for this. They're saying, hey, this is why I bought a PS5. It's going to be one of the best games of the year. You know, some people are even saying game of the year already. Do I need to play Spider... I mean, I, no, we're not playing Spider-Man 2 because it's not out. But it's one of those things where it's like, do you think that having played the first one would matter... And being that it's such an epic release, I mean, for a lot of people, this is like God of War Ragnarok releasing or something like that. So it's like, you know, do we cover this game? Probably, maybe. I mean, I think it comes out when there's a, at a time when there's not a ton of other stuff out there. But then it's like, do I need to play the first one to appreciate the second one? Well, it's it's kind of one of those things like, I mean, it's Spider-Man. You know, everybody knows Spider-Man. Everybody kind of knows the villains and, and what the the arc hero arcs are and all that stuff. So do you have to? No. Will you still have fun? I, I would probably almost guarantee it. You have the certified Ryan guarantee. But, <laughs> but uh, is it going to help? Yeah. And then also you get to have a lot of fun playing this other game. That's an absolute blast. The Spider-Man and then and then the um, uh, Miles Morales, they're 
both absolutely amazing. That's what I'm telling you, man. Just just swing around the city. Just go out and get in a couple fights, stop a couple crimes, and you'll be like, okay, you know. And that's probably what will happen. So you're probably smart in that fact. Yeah. Is I don't want to get sucked in. I know. But, hey, man. Well, we got nothing on on tab for the PS5, so you can keep it as long as you want. So I, I'm I'm open to let you hang on to it if you wanna if you wanna play a little bit more. But I I'm I'm so excited for this game. But like I said, do you need to play it? No. But it, it, would I recommend it? Yeah. One, it's awesome. Two, it'll it'll help you a little bit. I feel like one. the gameplay is going to be similar. So going into it familiar with at least like the gameplay portion would add like a comfort level, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably about it. I mean, the Spider-Man games only incrementally change. They largely feel the same. I, I could very well be wrong. I have trouble believing that you would like playing it, Josh, simply because Ooh. of the combat. The combat, I'm not going to say it. I mean, it's adjacent to button mashing. It kind of reminds me of like the first Arkham game where something flashes and you press a button and you just kind of do it over and over and over. And I know that's not really your style of I combat. I thought you were going to say Gotham Knights and I was going to barf a little bit. So, <laughs> oh, it's less, it's, it's less, com- way less complex than Gotham Knights. So <sighs> I have, I have trouble believing you would like it, but maybe I'd be wrong. All right, but are, so in that vein, then are, Paul, are you hyped for Spider-Man too? I mean, you have a PS5, so it's like, is that a game that's like super on your radar? Or is it kind of like, I mean, they're fun games, but eh. yeah, I think I think they're fun. I think they're definitely worth playing. I mean, yeah, we saw Spider-Man be a Game of the Year nominee. My kids are more excited about it than I am. I enjoy them quite a bit, but I don't think I would put them in like must-play category. But if you already have a PS5, it's definitely one of the best exclusives, so it's well worth picking up. It's not the kind of game you go pick up a PS5 for, but if you already have the PS5, then it's a great Why option not? when you're not playing anything else. Right. Yeah. It's not it's not in the tier of like God of War. No. But it's, you know, but it's it's just below that to where it's it's a great game. It's a ton you of fun. You know you're going to have fun with it. Yeah, you know you're going to have fun. Okay. Just there's times where I'll just my son, you know, Jackson will be playing and then I'll just come in. I'm like, give me that. And I'll take the control and I just swing around the city, <laughs> go stop a couple crimes. And I'm like, that was fun. Cause it's just, you can just, you know, as you're swinging, you do these crazy flips and you can do, uh, all this cool stuff and in the scenery. It's so beautiful. And they did a, such a great job of just making so much happening where it seems like there's so much and so big, but it's also small where you can, you know, get down to the little areas and, and you can walk on the street if you wanted and and uh, people walk by and you can bump into them and they get mad at you and stuff. So it's it's cool. Um like Paul said, I don't think it's a must play, but it's for me it's it's fun. And then to the combat, it is a little button mashy, but also there's a lot of options like you can web a uh, uh, manhydrant top or, or um a door from a car, you can you can use different um of your abilities, you know, there's there's a lot of different options in the combat. It's still a little button mashy, but but there's different options you can go but through. But there's variation at least. Yeah, right? variation between right. each combat. So it doesn't always just feel the exact same. It does get a little repetitive with the gangs. You got like eight guys and then a few more show up and stuff, but no, I think that part you may not like and you may not really really like it as much as you know like me i do or some other people but i think you would enjoy the game the the footage that i've seen on spider-man 2 so far i thought was very impressive you know yeah. like they had the big showcase they showed craven the hunter you have venom obviously like the symbiote portion there was a big boat chase and like all that and i was like dude this is a spectacle like <laughs> this is i'm in for this but I've not played the game, so I don't know what like the overall gameplay loop and stuff like that is. So, 
And regardless, it's still the best way to traverse a map for my money. So when it's really fun, just swinging to the next objective, that adds, that adds a lot to it. Honestly, when it's not just getting in a car and driving like atomic heart, that was so boring going from point to point. But when you're playing Spider-Man, it's actually arguably the best part of the game is just swinging to the next objective. All right. Moving into our next question here. Uh, I thought this was a funny one from you, Josh. Everyone has a touch of OCD. How does that manifest for you? Oh, man. I'm completely normal, guys. What are you talking about? (laughs) No OCD at all? Um, since I came up with the question, I'll go first. I, I mean, I'm an optimist. I'm a happy guy. I don't really have, you know, a a, a lot of, I'll tell you what, the one thing that will get me more than anything is not being able to fix something when I feel like I have like the ability to fix something, right? Like let's go with like PCs, right? Like I have built PCs. I am, I'm better than your average person when it comes to computers and troubleshooting issues and things like that occasionally my kids will come to me and be like, dad, my headphones aren't working. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you just need to set it in Windows to your headphones again. Windows probably shut it off for whatever weird reason. And then they're like, no, it is set to that. And it's like, all right, I'll come help you. And then I go and it's like, everything is set the way it should be. It's plugged into the proper USB port. Like everything is like, but it's just not working. (laughs) <laughs> and I like I get so frustrated with that because like it should I should be able to fix it and I can't and it doesn't make any sense to me why it's not working. I will get like obsessive about like trying to fix it and then my wife is just like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "The sound's not coming through the headphones and it should be like all I've checked everything, all the settings are there and it's like and I will just like." I'll go off the deep end. (laughs) Yeah, I will like go off the deep end for a little while, like, you know, trying to figure out why this isn't working. And it's that way with stuff around the house. Like if I'm trying to fix like, you know, an an outlet, you know, or a sink's not draining. And it's like, dude, I've checked everything, you know, like little things like that will really bug me. So that's like my OCD thing. Mm. Yeah, for me, at the risk of sounding like Anakin, I don't like sand. Sand. (laughs) I, I particularly do not like walking barefoot on sand. Um, and that's, it's not, I guess it's not sand specific. It's more that I don't like getting things on my feet. Like I'll walk around our house barefoot. Like maybe I get out of the shower and you, you, you walk into the kitchen and you step on something sticky. That's about oh, the worst thing yeah, that you can do yeah. to me. That <laughs> makes that. me so mad. Like it, 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 it disproportionately angers me when I get something <laughs> dirty on my feet or I've started making fun of my son. He will take showers and I'll walk in and with the angle and, and with our darker flooring, I can't sometimes tell that there's water all over the bathroom. And I'm always yelling at my kids. Like you got to keep the inner shower curtain yes. on the inside. So I'll be in my socks walking around the house in my oh, socks and I'll no. walk in the bathroom and get soaking wet socks on my feet. Oh, that's the worst. Drives me crazy. Yeah. So I started calling my son the wet bandit after uh, <laughs> Home Alone. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's just that's leaving awesome. all this running water on my floor. Uh, that's that's my OCD. What about you, Ryan? Well, to the wet socks real quick. The first time I ever went uh, hunting, I, I went with I, none of my parents or family and stuff. So I didn't grow up with it. So I went and I like a dumb dumb was up north where it's all wet. I wore uh, uh, desert boots. And so I had completely soaked socks for like half the day 
from the morning dew when I walked and oh, it was that's wet socks like that is just the worst thing ever. And I was, you know, I'm five, six miles from camp and I'm having to hike all the way back and oh, so I, I'm with you on the wet socks thing. That that is no fun. I don't think for anybody. <laughs> well, while we're on the topic, just really quickly, when my wife and I went to Vegas, we were um, going to a pool at our hotel and we had to wait in line and they were like checking bags and, you know, stuff like that. I did not realize that we were standing on a portion of a concrete pathway that dropped down about two feet on both sides with running water. And it was very funny because the way you walk up, I didn't see any of it to my left. And I kept thinking, man, it's really weird that there's no guardrail there on the right. It'd be so easy for someone to fall in there. And, uh, and maybe a minute later, I went to go take a sidestep just to like reshift, totally stepped right off the ledge, right into the water, had soaking wet sock and shoe for oh, like the next one? two hours. Oh, yeah. No, I think I'd rather have yeah. both feet wet in that oh, case. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that, that, that was funny. It was a little bit like, uh, Michael Scott in the koi pond in the office. It was a little bit of that. Where yeah, I just uh, totally fell inside. Wait, so what was Ryan's OCD thing? We didn't get to. Uh, it I, I didn't tell oh, him yet. Oh, I was okay. just I was talking about socks. So mine is um, I'm a I'm a pretty like go with the flow. There's not much that bothers me, but from homeownership, I've had my house for a little over ten years, probably eleven years now. I've replaced every outlet, every uh, receptacle, everything in the house, all the fans, and you know, all that stuff. But for some reason. All the light switches and the outlets, when I install the new face plates, I always turn every screw perfectly horizontal. No, oh, you go oh, horizontal. Paul, see, Paul just I made a vertical. vertical. Every yes. single one is vertical in my house. <laughs> That's the best answer ever. Oh, that oh, is man. so funny. It's so ridiculous and so oddly specific, but every single one, I, I, when I'm installing it, I mean, who knows if it shifts over time. If I see it, it'll bug me. I'm, I may you know, go back and fix it, but I turn every single one horizontal. So. Okay, I, I don't know what percentage of the population is going to understand the frustration when your screw only has to go 10 more degrees, but you hear it start to crack. Yes. I and was it's like, say, yeah. now do how I. Do you, un- how do you get it that way if it's not tight or if it's too tight? Sometimes you just have to chance it, and sometimes they do crack. Whenever I replace light outlets like that i always buy one or two extra because they're only like 59 cents or 99 yeah. cents. Um, but yeah, sometimes you have to end up unscrewing it like half a turn. <laughs> But I did yeah, not I'm know that you, this was a thing. I can't believe you're that's so wild because I'm like nobody in the world's like this. And you're I saw you making the line vertical. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, no, no, no. You guys would hate my house, what are man. you doing? Oh my goodness, you <laughs> oh, Josh's are just everywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I just looked around my office, man, and I'm like, that one's diagonal, this one's up and down, that one's oh, side diagonal? to side. Like oh, <laughs> oh man. Now I know how I'm gonna prank Ryan. I'm just gonna look for the slotted screwdriver. The first thing that came to mind Speaker was like if I'm ever at Ryan's house, I'm bringing a flathead <laughs> screwdriver and I'm just gonna change all his screws. Hey, just because I set an uh, okay Google alarm at two AM after poker night one time does not mean you have to give me back. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our last question of the Squadcast, we got to always hit at least one food question. (laughs) I I think the way this is worded is hilarious because it's such a Josh way to word the question. What is a common food that would likely make you gag if you tried to eat it? And Josh wanted to make it clear we're leaving out exotic foods like, you know, importing some durian or century yeah, uh, eggs. bird eggs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yes. no, none of that easy stuff. Like a normal food that's at a normal supermarket, common, mm-hmm. it, you know, what like that you would probably actually gag if you had to eat it. 
Well, uh, I'll go first, I guess. Um, this is kind of like a, a American staple. It's at every fairground. It's at everywhere you go. But for whatever reason, since I was a kid, and I vividly remember as a kid, you know, going through the lunch line when it was that day, just the smell would make me gag. And I don't know why, because I like both of these items separately. So mine's corn dogs. Oh, Wait, I don't okay. know. what? I do. Yeah, corn I don't dogs know are what delicious, it, man. Yeah, I love cornbread. I love hot dogs. But you put those bad boys together, and for whatever reason, just the smell of it, like I, I can't. I just, I can't do it. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing e- ever I've, since i was a kid ever ever since i was in like young elementary now you school dip I them in ketchup or mustard though right like does that this doesn't matter doesn't matter I don't it sounds like wanna... it's more the smell um are, are you a fan of hot dogs in general I, I i i would choose many many different things over them but i will eat one you know i'll go to costco oh, see, I'll, I love I'll grab a hot, hot dogs, dog dude you know hot one dogs burger one hot dog oh yeah perfect. i mean i would prefer like you know like a polish polish dog or something over that you know um with seasoning salt and whatever but i i just i i've tried it i'm like i'll try one but i just whatever reason the combination and the smell together just it, it sets me off ever since i was a little kid i don't know why i don't know what happened but Walking through the lunch line, I'd be like, "Corn dogs today." Oh, <laughs> I would have oh, never okay. guessed. So yeah, not yeah. to not to jump in here and throw a, a wrench in, but have you ever had the sausage wrapped in pancake? The breakfast ones, like the bref- the breakfast ones. So basically, it's a breakfast sausage on a stick, and they wrap pancake around it. It's more pancake batter than like a, oh, a corn cornbread. Bread. Now, corn does that batter? instantly does that kind of trigger your brain to be like, nope? But it or looks it, exactly like a it corn does dog. look exactly like a corn dog. No, that that sounds like I just dip it in a whole mess of maple syrup. That's and what I do. Delicious. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious, <laughs> and they smell like pancakes when you when you microwave them. So yeah, they're pretty good. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, that sounds good. I just I, I don't know what it is, but it's just one of those weird things. <laughs> How funny. I've learned so much about Ryan <laughs> today, man. <laughs> That's what this quadcast is for, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Are you going um, with mushrooms or something else? I, you know, it's funny. I can tolerate mushrooms. I don't like them, but they won't make me gag. Um, and, and so this is a little bit specific because there is a caveat, but it's mayonnaise. Oh, okay. If you, if you asked me to eat a spoon of mayonnaise, like if you took a jar of mayonnaise and dipped out a spoon and said, Josh, eat this, I I would probably throw up. Like, in all honesty. Now, that said, I love egg salad and, like, tuna salad. And so you it's love like, runny yolks. And so I love runny yolks. This is kind of a weird take. It is, it, I, trust me, I get it. It's kind of like Ryan's corn dog, because, I mean, corn dogs are delicious, and I know that people love mayonnaise. <laughs> You know, but it's Josh like it's loves one of those egg things. yolk and he loves oil. Just don't blend it together. I dude, I cannot for the life of me figure out what it is. And I I eat mayonnaise in things. You know, like my mm-hmm. wife makes some like deviled eggs. Right, you have to have mayonnaise to make deviled eggs. Doesn't bother me one bit. Tuna salad or, or chicken salad. I ranch know there's dressing. mayonnaise in there. I'm not a fan of ranch, believe it or not, because I think it it leans into the mayonnaise side a little bit too much. I'm much yeah. more of like I like blue cheese because it's stronger flavor and it hides the mayonnaise maybe or so. I don't know, but. I remember when I was a waiter at a restaurant, people would order a cup of mayonnaise to dip their French fries in. And I remember oh. thinking, like, you guys are psychos. But apparently, that's way more common than I initially thought at the time. Yeah. But if you told me, Josh, eat this spoon of mayonnaise, I'll give you 50 bucks, I think I would throw up and fail that challenge, to be honest. I don't, I love mayonnaise too. I don't think I could do that either. Like, thinking of just eating a straight spoon of mayonnaise. I mean, I could eat a spoon of ketchup, I could eat a spoon of mustard a spoon of barbecue i like i could eat a spoon of almost any condiment or sauce out there but the idea of 
Like, <laughs> like just eating a, eating a spoon of mayonnaise just really grosses me out, man. Yeah, and being a, a condiment, it's definitely a lot easier to find something gross just by eating too much of it. As sure. opposed to, like, eating a bigger bite of a burger is no different than a small bite of a burger, but a whole spoon of mayo, as opposed to a thin layer on a piece of bread, is yeah. completely different. Um, You guys might know my answer to this. My answer to this is nothing. Because all food, as long as it's prepared right, can be oh, delicious. If it's prepared. Wow. What if it's prepared yes. wrong, Paul? Then sure, anything can be disgusting. <laughs> you know, you just let it go bad. I just told Ryan the other day, I was getting ready to smoke a pork shoulder, and I cut it open and immediately got hit in the face with rancid meat smell. Ugh. And yeah, like that makes you want to gag. And like eating rotten meat, of course, would be gross. But like any common food, no. Any any food can be good if it's prepped right. If I just take a bite of eggplant, it's disgusting. But if you prepare it right, it's delicious. Same with mushrooms. I don't like them raw, but it, when you cook them and make them really crispy, I think they're fantastic. I don't think there's anything that would make me gag. There's definitely foods that I don't like. Like I actually like almost all food. the The only group of food I don't like is like pumpkin and gourds. I don't like squash. But I'll still eat it. It's not going to make me gag. I just don't love it. So I don't really have a food that I would mm. gag on. All right. All right. Yeah. I believe it. And as much as I know about Paul, I, I believe that there's nothing out there that he's not like, all right, I, I'll eat it. I'll just yeah. add a little this, add a little that. Yeah. And bam. Sure. Even people who are like, well, what about like chicken feet? You can buy the, that in the grocery store. It's like, yeah, sure. You know, if, if I'm at a Chinese place and it's prepped, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Maybe I don't sardine go back out of a to can? it. It's not going to make me oh, gag. crack open a can of sardines just down the hatch. That doesn't oh, yeah. Yeah. Sardines, anchovies. Oh. Those no problem. Oh, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Paul. If you want the easiest hack to cook, just throw anything that's savory. Anything that's savory, throw it in anchovy and it'll be better. Guarantee it. And here I thought Ryan was weird. Paul's answer is the weirdest of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that being said, I think that wraps up this Squadcast. We do want to say thank you once again to all of our supporters. We definitely appreciate you all. And until next time, happy gaming. Turn your screws on your light switches horizontal. Oh, uh, save, <laughs> save me from these weirdos, please. All right. See you, everybody. <laughs>